0: So, who here enjoys Christmas? <laughs> oh, do you know, I'm noting all the ones who didn't put their hands up there. Oh, yeah, you thought, that a trick question. No, no. So, what do you enjoy about Christmas Day? <laughs> Presents. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Family time. With family. family time. Oh, look at this. Who's, who prepped her? Very good. Very good. Yes, Elliot. Crocodiles? Yep, I enjoy crocodiles at Christmas. Food? Waking up at waking up everyone else in the house. Waking people up early. Yes, of course you would, Josh. Yeah. Just when everyone wants to rest. The only time that you do get up early, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ah, celebrating as Jesus' birthday. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you get a sticker. Yes, Poppy. Having a happy Christmas. Absolutely. There's lots to enjoy about Christmas time, isn't there? Lots to enjoy. Do you know what? I? Mini buffet. <sighs> mini buffet. Yeah, you can enjoy mini buffets. Why well, couldn't I say something about Christmas and. Christ and stuff. I get mini buffet out of my child. Alright, anyway. (laughs) It's interesting because Christmas for me is nice. It's nice. I I do enjoy Christmas, but it's also the time of year I probably struggle the most. I struggle the most over Christmas, not because of the reasons you're probably thinking, ah, all the kids are at home and I'm just going crazy, I want to get out of it. No, that's not the reason I love my family. In fact, it is never, never, never do I want to break from my kids and my family, it's probably they want to break from me, but I love actually my kids being around and, and that family time, that's not the problem of it. See, it's a really nice, comfortable time for me. I have no routine, <laughs> The kids have stuff to do. They don't even really wake me up in the morning. I can sleep in and go to bed late. But my spiritual life just goes, it just goes mediocre. It's just neither good nor bad. It's neither hot nor cold. It's just warm. That's not even refreshing. It's not like a cold drink when you're on a hot day and you're like, oh, that was good for me. Or a hot drink on a cold day where you're like, oh, that warms me up. It's just kind of like, you know, when someone's just used a hot tap and then you go to get a drink and you pour the water out and it's not hot, but it's also not cold and you drink it and you feel like you want to throw it back up. It's pretty disgusting. In fact, it happened a couple of times over Christmas time where someone's being really kind and they go get a drink from someone else and it's lukewarm. That's not very nice. See, that's what I struggle with at Christmas time. See, I'm not really down in the low in those moments where I'm like, God, help me. I'm struggling. I need your help. I need you to break through right now. There's no big question I want answered at that moment. Like, God, if you don't break through and answer this question, I don't understand how I'll ever go on. Nor is it those moments where you're just an absolute delight in the glory of God. We you see God moving in people's lives or you see the power of the Holy Spirit coming down and you're just like, this is great. I don't get either of those extremes during Christmas. I just get this, meh. And I struggle because of it. I feel myself, and this is the crazy thing, I feel myself dying because of that. It's horrid. It's a horrible place to be in. And I realize that selfishness lives in the mediocrity, mediocrity of life. Selfishness lives when we live mediocre lives. Selfishness doesn't live in the extremes of our existence. It lives in that place where it's not up here or it's not down there. It's just nice. And so I was struggling with this. And of course, me being a little bit of a pessimist, my struggle always goes in a downward spiral. And I'm starting to think, God, I'm saying the same prayer I've said before. doing the same thing again. But God speaks in those moments, even in those moments where I just feel neither up nor down. And this is what God says. This is what I felt God said to me. He says, those in Christ are not judged but loved. See, I'm not judged because I'm mediocre at that point in time. I'm just loved. And God comes to me, and then in that moment of having that revelation, I'm just loved, that's, that's the love that comes to me immediately I start thinking that I'm redeemed. I'm made new. I'm reconciled to God. And all of a sudden, that joy starts to lift in my heart again. And I think upon verses such as this. Isaiah 43, 1. But now says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And all of a sudden, it's changed. No longer is a mediocrity, mediocrity of my existence, but now I know that I belong to God. And straight away, there's a, there's a release of that in me. And then I think upon these things like, we've been going through a, the New City Catechism. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Timothy Keller has done a, a, a catechism called the New City Catechism. And, and it draws on different catechisms through the, through the ages. But the very first thing in this, the very first question and answer in it is this. What is our only hope in life and death? So if I ask my kids, Isaac, what is our only hope in life and death? Jonathan, what is our only hope in life and death? Come on, buddy, you can do it what he said, that's for <laughs> We are not our own, but we belong to God. Isaiah 43.1. We are not our own, but we belong to God. It says in Romans 14.7-8, it says this, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And this changes me straight away. Straight away, I'm changed because I'm not that cat that comes in the backyard that you're trying to chase away before it craps everywhere. (laughs) I'm not that mangy dog that comes through the the front and tries to knock your bins over. I'm not that, that animal that you're trying to get rid of. I belong to God. And because of that, whenever I do stuff up and do a real stinker, he draws me in. He doesn't chase me away. He doesn't wag his finger at me going, here you've done it again, let me clip you over the back of the head, you'll get it next time. No, he draws me in, he loves me for who I am. And because I am not my own but belong to God, this has practical implications. Things like we don't determine what's right or wrong. God does. We don't put ourselves first but we put what pleases God first. Every part of our life is touched by a self-giving attitude because Christ gave himself for us. And all of this is motivated by grace of God who sent his son to save us. The saving of Jesus Christ allowed us to be adopted into the family of God. And I want to just say this about Timothy Keller, and then we'll read the story. Timothy Keller says this, In our gratitude... Because we're being saved and put into the family of God. In our gratitude, we want to resemble our Father. Listen to this. this is, I love this bit. We want to resemble our Father. We want the family resemblance. We want to look like our Savior. We want to please our Father. And this is, and then that motivates me. See, I'm motivated because I want to have the family resemblance. I want people to see me and go, you're like God. We are not our own, but we belong to God. And because we belong to God, because we belong to God, we're not that stray cat or mangy dog. We have great value because he paid a price so great we could never comprehend. And he puts that value upon each one of us. You are not your own, but belong to God. I want to read you a story now and just have that in the back of your head. Just as you read the story, remember this, that you are not your own, but belong to God. So we're going to read a story called, You Are Special. So if you want to see, the pictures are going to come up here. Okay, it's the first page. The Wemmicks were small wooden people carved by a woodworker named Eli. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes, some were tall, others were short. Each wimmick, next page. Each wimmick had a box of golden star stickers and grey dot stickers. The wooden people went around the village sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones got stars. Wimmicks with rough wood or chip paint got dots. The talented ones got stars too. Some could jump over tall boxes or sing pretty songs. That's not me. Others, though, could do little. They got dots. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like others, but he always fell, so the Wemmicks would give him dots. When he tried to explain why he fell, he would say something silly, so the Wemmicks would give him more dots. You're one too far. (laughs) There we go. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would say. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I guess I'm not a good Wemmick, he decided. So he stayed inside most of the time. When he did go outside, he hung around with Wemmicks who had lots of dots. He felt better around them. One day, he met a different kind of Wemmick named Lucia. She had no dots or stars. The Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would give her a star, but it would fall off. Others gave her a dot for having no stars, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. So he asked Lucia how she did it. It's easy, she replied. Every day I go visit Eli, the woodcarver. "'Why?' asked Punchinello. "'You'll find out if you go see him.' Then Lucia turned and skipped away. "'But will he want to see me?' Punchinello wondered. Later at home, he sat and watched the wooden people giving each other stars and dots. "'It's not right,' he muttered to himself, and he decided to go see Eli.' Punchinello walked up the narrow path and stepped into Eli's shop. His eyes grew big. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on tippy-toe to see the top of the workbench. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here. Then he heard his name. Punchinello, the voice was deep and strong. How good to see you. Come, let me have a look at you. Punchinello looked up. You, you know my name? Well, of course. I made you. Eli picked him up and set him on the bench. Looks like you've been given some bad marks, said the maker. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried. Punchinello, I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't, exclaimed Punchinello. No. You shouldn't either. What they think doesn't matter. All that matters is what I think. And I think you are pretty special. Punchinello laughed. Me special? Why? I'm not very talented and my paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli spoke very slowly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met Lucia, said Punchinello. Why don't stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly, because she has decided that what I think is more important than what others think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. For now, come to see me every day and I will let you, and I will, every day, and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as Punchinello was leaving, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a thought fell to the ground. We're just going to finish up with this thought. I just want you to remember this thing and as I said before, the reason you are special is because you have put a great value as being put on you by God. And the reason there is a value put upon you is because you were bought with a price. And now, now, this is the truth of it, people, that we are not our own. We are not our own, but we belong to God. God. So every time you are struggling, every time you feel like people are having a go at you or you're not good enough, or even if you think you're better than others, remember this, we don't live for ourselves, we live to please the Father. We are not our own, but we belong to God. Let me just pray for you as we go into the new year that this thought, this very truth may permeate through every part of our being, because I tell you, it shakes us out of the mediocre lifestyle. And it really is a powerful thing, even for the kids to know, right up to the adults as well. So let me pray, and then we're just going to spend some time fellowshipping together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the truth. We thank you for the truth that Jesus Christ, your son, was sent to save us, that we may be adopted into your family. So now through that adoption, we have the right to be called children of God. And now we want to have that family resemblance. We want to resemble the Father. We want to please the Father because we are not our own, but we belong to God. So I pray that as we go through the rest of this day and as we go into the new year, may this be the captivating thought, the the very essence of our motivation, that we are not our own, but we belong to God. And because of that, we want to be like the Father. We want to be, have that family resemblance. In Jesus' name, Amen.